Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. There are some rules most societies live by. We accept them without thinking about them too much. One of them is the following one. A person who commits a crime goes to prison. But could you imagine a world without prisons? Rescaled can. The organization is part of a European movement that is looking for alternative forms of detention. Welcome, Veronique Aisha. Hi, Sarah. What is Rescaled? Rescaled is a European movement uh, currently in six countries, the Netherlands, Belgium, France, Norway, um, Portugal and Czech Republic. And it's a movement for small scale detention houses and small scale detention houses are is a concept and based on three pillars. It's small scale, so which means around 15 people living in a house. Uh, differentiated so the houses are all different and um, the programs that people get or follow or do or choose within the houses are all different and it's community integrated meaning it's really part of the community and not outside um, cities uh, yeah how did you come up with the idea I didn't come up with the idea, and actually, um, the founder of the of the movement Reskilled, which uh, which is Hans Klaus, he also didn't came up with the idea. He did came up with the concept and making a movement. Um, in the Netherlands, for example, we already have detention houses, but they are called Exodus Houses. Exodus is an organization that has around fifteen houses all over uh, the Netherlands, where people live after they serve their time in prison or in the last year uh, of prison. And actually, there are a lot of organizations in the Netherlands that already have these houses where people can stay uh, during a part of their lives where they either need support or um, because they are sent there by the judge. So, but what Hans Klaus did and together with a lot of people is really create a movement because so far there are a lot of good examples and and practices where people already have these houses, but they are not um, part of a movement. So every time we keep sending people to prison instead of these smaller skilled houses. I am part of the movement like many other people. Yeah. What's your position exactly in that movement? What's your job? What do you do? Uh, so I'm the national coordinator of the Netherlands, and we have one national coordinator in each country of Reskilled. And the idea of the national coordinator is that they make um, the concept of detention houses um, known in the country itself, and also try to come up with um, what more uh, more detailed concept, more details of the concept. Um, so basically in the last three years, I've been doing this job for three years now, and I've been working within the criminal justice reform sector for 
about 15 years already. So trying to come up with new ways for not sending people to prison, but trying to come up with new ways. So I've been doing that for 15 years. Um, but for Reskilled in the last three years, I've been really working on um, organizing live streams, for example, around specific topics with professionals in the criminal justice system. So we can discuss, like, for example, something like autonomy, because in prisons, um, people do not have a lot of autonomy making own choices about what they want to eat or when they want to shower. Like it's all arranged for them. Whereas how do we want to see that in a detention house? So we really need to discuss it in more detail. It's not that we as a reskilled movement have one answer that fits everyone. It's really trying to come up with the with with different solutions for different people. Could you try to describe what these detention houses look like? I assume there's some sort of community room, but also private rooms, and they will be closed overnight or is everyone free to go as they please yeah i get this question often and and which makes sense um, and at the same time i always stress that a detention house is not an export model where prisons have been for 200 years almost like an export model and and that we duplicate in, in different countries and we duplicate it in cities, whereas a detention house is really part of the neighborhood. So when you have a thousand detention houses, I hope they are all thousand uh, different detention houses. But at the same time, we there are some commonalities, of course. And I think one of the... Um, for example, Exodus, if I explain how a house from Exodus looks like, it is in a neighborhood in the center of Amsterdam. There's um, an Exodus house, uh, which is really, you don't see it from the outside. So it's not a house. It's really part of the the, the street. And there's a, a, a gate that you walk through. And once you walk through the gate, you have this in this outdoor uh community space and then you have separate room in the houses where people have their own rooms but also downstairs there's this space where they can sit and there's the tv and the kitchen which is a shared kitchen um, so it's really basically maybe it's best best seen as a student home where people can live with five or 15 um, but yeah, similar to a student home, I would say. And of course, you have different levels of security, but also that depends on who is placed in a detention house. So in a house of Exodus, for example, people are just free to do whatever they want. They usually go to their work during the day um, and they have to be at night. They have to be inside before a certain time. But also that depends on where you in what phase you are in your punishment so if it's after release you can do whatever you want but you're not allowed to use drugs and and drink alcohol for example but again that really depends on the person as well how do you select the people that become part of this project i assume you somehow have to apply with 
the authorities which person will be transferred from a typical prison to a detention house? How does this work? So I think it's good to mention that Reskilled is really uh, facilitating the movement towards small-scale detention houses. But we are not, in the Netherlands, we are not an organization that will create the houses or has the houses or is owner of the houses itself, like Exodus is. So what we are trying, we are really a movement because I felt that in the Netherlands there are already hundreds of organizations doing great work with people um, either after release or, or during their time in detention. So we do not need another organization trying to do that. What we do need is trying to create uh, to create a space where all these different organizations can discuss together, like, okay, how, do, how can we do our work most effectively? And also discuss, okay, your expertise might be addiction, so maybe people who have an addiction cannot be can be sent to your houses instead of prison. Um, and whereas for another organization, their expertise might be in a different field. So it's not up to us deciding the process. It's not up to Reskill deciding the process, who will be sent where. That's really, um, that will be really part of the professionals. And, and with professionals, I mean, the probation service as well, the judges, the lawyers, the people themselves um, that could hopefully choose in the future, like, okay, I know I've done this and I know I have these issues. Um, I think that is the best place, detention house for me to stay in. And uh, so it's really up to the professionals, this process. What is the reaction of the society to your idea or your movement? I could imagine there's some critical voices around that because in the end we're talking about people that have committed a crime uh yes well i think the first question we need to start asking is like what is the role in media in influencing the perception of civilians or people in society and i think that's something we need to work on before because at the moment a lot of people think that maybe half of people in prison uh, killed someone um, and so when when you're asking your question what is the perception of people in society towards your idea we first need to know like okay what what do they know about the prison system what do they know about the criminal justice system because it, research has shown that once people know about the facts or they do know about the criminal justice system, they are much more open towards new ideas and alternatives as long as it really helps uh, people and so that they don't res uh, recidivate and end up in prison again. Um, yeah, so, and, and I think so far when, when I'm talking about the idea of detention houses in relation to facts, People are very open and in the Netherlands only like 80% of people in prison is there only for six months and 74% is there only for three months. And we have like one fifth, more than one fifth of people in, in prison is not even, is, is there in, in custody. So they're not even sentenced yet. Um, so I think 
we have a very distorted idea of of what the prison system actually is and i think that once they know the reality people are much more lenient and and open to ideas like small scale detention houses i believe this was also kind of the the base of my question because in my mind and you have just proven me wrong the idea is that a neighborhood would probably not be super happy to have a detention house with rapists next door but this is obviously not what we're talking here these are extreme cases uh, well i think this whole concept of um, putting people in very specific boxes, like you're a rapist, you're a killer. That's very, um, how can I say? It's a very, in a way, it's a very neoliberal idea because we, we, we create, we create fake individuals. Like a rapist doesn't exist. A person is so much more than, than, like an identity of a person is so complex and so diverse. And, but what we're doing constantly in the criminal justice system is, is trying to create these, these individuals of the rapist, the killer, the, the psycho, like, but it's not, it's just not real. Reality is much more nuanced. And, and also with the tension houses, I wouldn't want um, houses like, and of course, we're still figuring out what the best is, but I wouldn't want the house for killers, the house for rapists. No, it's like we are in society, everything is mixed as well. So if you want to really be inclusive, the house needs to be, the people staying there needs to be, need to be differentiated as well. It needs need to be different in their backgrounds, in what they've done maybe. So, yeah. Not sure if I'm clear, but <laughs> I think you are. You have already given us a couple of facts around the Dutch prison system, but maybe if we take it to a meta level, do you actually think the Dutch prison system is sustainable the way it is now? Well, it's pro it has proven to be sustainable. <laughs> it depends. It depends on, uh, on on how you look at it, of course, because it's not. If I think. Um, I do my work really from the idea of a, a circular justice and I'm still figuring out the concept itself, uh, what, what I actually mean with it. But I think when, when we look at crime, I believe we cannot ignore the history of a person, the history of a city, the history of a country. Um, and also the future of a person and of a, of a city, of a country. And what we do now in the criminal justice system is we take an individual and we look at what at the crime that person has done, but we really cut a scene from the, the complete movie. And, and we, we punish that person for that scene, for what that person has done during that scene. But if you look at a broader meta level, in all countries, in I haven't heard of a country where this isn't the case, but in all countries, it's the people, um, the migrants are are overrepresented uh, in in prisons. People of color are overrepresented. 
in prisons. But if you look at the history of our country, it's the, the, the Dutch government, it's the Netherlands. We as a country have made choices that led to, to putting people in, I don't know the, the, the word. It's, we, so we oppressed certain groups of people and, and, they, and, and now we are punishing them for decisions we as a country made. So I feel that this is something circular and, we, and this is not addressed within the courtroom at all because we, we keep looking at crimes as acts, acts of an individual. But I think we need to incorporate the acts of institutions and countries as well. And this is very difficult, of course, but if, for example, if we know in one of our projects, which is the principle of inequality, the principle of equality is very important in the courtroom because it it's makes sure that each individual is treated uh, equally. But people are not equal. And, and um, in the project principle of inequality, what we try to do is look at... Uh, people between 18 and 30 years old that have been sent to prison for a maximum of six months, what we want to do is look at their history, like from what neighborhoods did they come from and what went well or what went wrong in that neighborhood. For example, a lack of, of, of certain um, structures or cer certain education or um, what did policymakers lack to lack to act upon in that in that period so let's assume a person has been in detention for for six months and they are released how likely is it that they will commit a crime again for example they might have been in touch with more radical people they might actually have time to radicalize themselves in prison, or they actually have been trying to find a new job, but they have their conviction in their their file. So what are the factors that, from your point of view, make people return to prison after they have been released? Well, the, the recidivism rate is about 50%, uh, and it depends on when you look at it, because after the, the highest rate is already after 48 hours. So after 48 hours when people leave prison, they cannot uh, buy their train tickets, for example. They don't have money to buy a train ticket. So then they get a fine and then they calculate that as um, recidivism as well. Yeah, I think most of them, it's really not getting a job because of the VOG, which is Verklaring Omtrent uh, good, Goed Gedrag. Um, so when you have been in prison for a couple of years, you're, you don't get a VOG for most jobs. And, um, so, and you need one for a lot of jobs. For example, if you want to be a truck driver, you need a VOG. So at the one hand, the people's perception also from policymakers is, okay, they, they don't want to work, but at the same time, they create policy what, which makes them it impossible for people to work and and, uh, and and earn their own money. Mm. And I think 
what is most important is there are two factors that make make people not recidivate and that's first of all that they have a good idea of their own identity and the second is is that they feel part of society and think what we do in prisons is we do exactly the opposite we we re- take we take away the identity of an individual we all treat them the same so they lose their autonomy in so many ways and they lose they, their identity in so many ways and we cut them off from society in almost on almost all levels from their families um work-wise if they had education or a job they need to stop um so every aspect of their lives is become just one simple bubble and that's being a prisoner and i think that's one of the most important reasons why why people but that's on a personal level i think that's an important reason why people recidivate or or yeah we have talked about racism about classism as well depending on what the social status of the people is are there certain problems especially for women when it comes to committing crimes being in prison or being rehabilitated afterwards i think the profile even though i don't like this word but the profile of women in prison is quite different from men in prison uh, overall peop- uh, women in prison have more uh, severe mental issues for example um, but this is the, this is in the netherlands um, so i i don't know the profile of in, in other countries what but in the netherlands and there are far less women in prison uh, than men i think how would you describe the dutch rehabilitation system after the time of detention is it successful because you just said very often people that have been released don't have money for a train ticket so do i picture that right that they are just put in front of the gate and then they are just left to themselves or how does this work depends on the person but it's still that you get a garbage bag um when you leave prison i've been i i'm, I'm waiting for a cool cool uh, brands that will support people in prison with a cool bag but that's uh, and, and 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 make them uh, make a campaign against the prison system as well at the same time that would be cool maybe daily paper or something <laughs> um yeah i i feel uncomfortable talking about the reintegration system also because i feel it's a bandaid on something that you created yourself like the prison system created themselves so before in the first i don't know five to ten years when i did this work i was trying to to reform and and change and improve the the prison system and the reintegration system but i've noticed like why would you because you, it's it the system doesn't work so why are we keep trying to make different colors of band-aid for the reintegration system it's not worthwhile talking about it because i feel that we should change the system first and then 
see, okay, what's, what else? What are the changes that you would like to see in the system? If you really boil it down to your wishes, what do we need to change? I think step one, just make a choice as a country, like we do not want to send people to prison anymore. And then try to answer the question, okay, but what then? And I think the probation service, for example, at the moment, the director of the probation service is really trying to uh, lobby to not send people to prison, but uh, have an um, electronic bracelet, I think. It's like in electronic monitoring around the ankles. Um, but we had this discussion, like, that is not for everyone. And it, sh it shouldn't be appropriate for everyone. At the same time, the same goes for detention houses. It's not that stopping sending people to prison, they should all go to detention houses. I don't think that's the solution either. But we should look at a good mixture of, of different ways how to, um, how to not punish people, but make people aware of the consequence, what the consequence could be. And for one person that has a job, has education that person could have maybe electronic monitoring and at the other side you have people who who don't have a job who don't have education who do need support in in a lot of ways and they could be sent to a detention house and then there's these people that that yeah that that need other things so it's just looking at the right balance what the answer could be Do you have a personal success story of a person that you have been working with, uh, a favorite memory or someone that you that made you feel like this is why Rescale does what it's doing? Good, uh, very good question. Um, personally, I don't work anymore with people in prison or after prison. Um, because of the things I said before, I did do, like for years, I, I went in a lot of prisons in Europe and, and I talked to people. But I think, so I made a very conscious choice to work and change the system. So my friends have been in prison or I know a lot of people, but it's not that I'm, that I helped somebody became a better person. I really do not like that idea because I think we all need to be supported in becoming a better person. So but my personal success it would really be like giving a presentation to scientists who finally also see like okay we keep writing research and reports about what doesn't work or what does work a bit in the prisons but who really want to see that change as well or public prosecutors and, and giving a presentation to them because they invited me. And I think that's super cool that people in the system are seeing like, we need to change. We really need to change the system instead of looking for ways how to support people better in the reintegration process. So for me, that's really the success that, yeah. What are the future steps now? Yeah, good question. So the, um, the next step is in the last three years, we've been working on the general idea, the general concept of reskilled and really make people aware of that the existence of detention houses in different countries and examples of different uh, detention houses and the concept of detention houses. And the next step is to really 
realize more detention houses as a replacement of prisons. So what we will do in the Netherlands is trying to create hubs in different cities all over the Netherlands where stakeholders will come together. So policymakers, researchers, people from the neighborhood, uh, uh, entrepreneurs, everyone, artists, um, and they will come together and trying to create detention houses in their neighborhood. And then and a, at a bigger, larger scale, really lobby for the closure of pr prisons and whereas at the same time, the opening of detention houses. That's the next step for the following years. How can people get involved with Rescaled and how can they support you and your work? They can always uh, look at their website and send an email and also to me personally, they can contact me. Um, and it will be definitely cool to have people involved in these different cities and, and trying to come up with cool ways and ideas to create detention houses in their cities. Veronique Aisha, thank you very much. Thank you, Sarah. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in and for supporting this podcast. If you want to support Amsterdamus even more, there are several options to do so. You can check out the Amsterdamus Facebook page and leave a review. Depending on which podcast app you are using to listen to this podcast, you can also rate Amsterdamus there with a five-star review. In Apple Podcasts, for example, it is possible. Of course, you can also follow Amsterdamus on Instagram. In case you would like to give me some feedback, or you know a person that needs to be interviewed for this podcast, you can send me an email. The email address is amsterdamuspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again and have a great day.